Excuse me, everyone, I have a brief announcement to make. Jesus was black, Ronald Reagan was the devil, and the government is lying about 9-11. Thank you for your time, and good night. Welcome. This is episode one of the Boondocks podcast, our first official episode. Um, what this is going to be is a modern podcast retroactively covering the Boondocks, as we you know, have talked among ourselves and feel it is extremely relevant to the life and times we are all experiencing. Um, today, we're going to cover season one, episode one, The Garden Party, upon which Huey, Granddad, and Riley first arrive in Woodcrest. But before we get into their new adventure, um, we should probably get into ours by introducing mm-hmm. ourselves. I'm Lindsay. I am MJ. And I'm Tiara. Um, yeah. So that's it. You guys want to get into it or you have anything else you want to cover? Well, first, before we get started, we should definitely give a shout out to our friend Dennis Guggen. He is currently working on some Boondocks pop vinyls for us and some special secret ones that will be uh, revealed later. Um, Anyone who's looking for custom pop vinyls can find him on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash DGPOP customs. That's facebook.com slash DG Pop Customs. I'm super excited about that, by the way. So shout out. Thank oh, you so much. Oh, my God. Right? And we'll put on the website the ones that have been done for Dean and me for and, and the other podcasts that we do because they're so friggin' cute. And if we can get more people to go and go to, you know, give him money, he'll be making more and it'll be awesome. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Always help each I'm, other out. That's an extending a hand. That is like this. So I'm right there with you. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm holding out for that um, booty warrior model. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> what I really love about that is none of y'all just saw my lovely husband do a spit take and <laughs> managed to not get it on the laptop. So nice job. Noise. <laughs> Noise. I like it. Like that. <laughs> That's awesome. This experience. Yes. Well, definitely getting into this episode. Yeah. Lindsay, do you want to do you want to do a little synopsis for us? Um, I'm sorry. Lindsay, do you want to do a little synopsis of the episode? (laughs) Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, So basically, it starts out with um, Huey. I may have this wrong. I think it starts out right with Huey, Granddad and um, Riley. They're new to Woodcrest, um, this very upper echelons, uh, fancy neighborhood. And we kind of like get a little bit of the gist of who these characters are. Um, that these are very at, uh, at, urban kids moving into a very white oh, yes. suburban area. 
Yes. Yes. What many of us are experimenting, you know, are experiencing, I'm sorry, not experimenting, but experiencing with, you know, in the last 20 years, it's very common now for, you know, uh, black families, we do have money. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I was I've, I've been avoiding the news the last couple of days, honestly, because uh, it's just been a little too much. Um, so I took a couple of days off for the weekend. Uh, but um, the thing that really just gets me about that is we currently have a uh, person in charge of our country who <laughs> who thinks that uh, black people moving into the suburbs is like the height of scary things and is yeah. using that like that mentality to try and get more voters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it really funny because the truth is like, yeah, you know, some of the really upper upper class like gated neighborhoods might be predominantly white. But for mm-hmm. the most part, the suburbs, the actual suburbs, that's where I live. You know, that's that's where the majority of people live. And it's yeah. way more multicultural than it is in in like the hearts of cities these days yes well remember he thinks that black people get shot or get (laughs) shot at every single day of their lives by walking to the grocery store so of course you know he just can't fathom the fact that you know we are able to move into the homes that are three hundred four hundred thousand dollars in a nice you know master plan community where my kids can go to a nice school and Mm -hmm. you know we can breathe and all those crazy things um, he's not able to fathom that, but it's very funny that this episode, it talks about it immediately. It yeah. kind of jumps into that, that whole narrative. So, yeah. Right. You find out so much in, in just like in a pilot episode of any show, they're introducing the characters. But with this, it's like, you already know that Huey doesn't trust white people at all, <laughs> that, uh, Riley is like, he, he fancies himself a little Scarface. <laughs> Uh, grandpa is, um, old school in his words, and we will definitely be talking about what that means, uh, to him and what old school means to, uh, the rich white man who has Mm -hmm. befriended grandpa, um, Mm. because he's old school. (laughs) Like, I don't know what you guys think about that. Free man. Exactly. (sighs) So, um, yeah, let's see what else happened. Um, yeah, and we we find out that uh, Granddad is taking care of these kids. We don't know why mm-hmm. the parents aren't in the picture. Yeah, but we know that they are gone because the kids got an inheritance, which Grandpa then yeah. used to buy the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are left to kind of wonder, you know, what happened to the parents? We see these mm-hmm. kids who are very like, <laughs> especially for fifteen years ago, stereotypically urban. Uh, yes. you know, with the cornrows and the big afro, and and yes. um, then <laughs> then they're in this. Oh gosh, I don't want to compare it to Get Out too early, but seriously, like, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like they 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 they're walking into this world that they're like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you never know. I'm it's I great. I love that you say that because maybe Jordan Peele maybe that was the cat, you know, the catalyst for him to that, to want to do get out in the movie that, that, he, that he's doing exactly now. Exactly what I said. The, yeah. the garden party scene in particular for me really kind of highlights that in a lot of ways. And um, I'm going to have Dean play a clip in a minute, but not quite yet. Um, the reason why I think <clears throat> that scene is so good. So first of all, the very opening scene of this episode, uh, Huey's having a dream. And in our opening, before our intro music started, we had a little clip from that. 
where he, where Huey dreams that he's telling some revelation to these white people that's mm-hmm. going to just shake their their shake them to their core. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, but the scene of his dream is the exact same garden party as Wunsler's mm-hmm. garden party. Yeah, down to like the people who are there and everything. Exactly. So I mean, one hundred percent like that. Yeah, that. I He's love a little bit that. of a prophet, I think. Right? I love that. I love yeah. how it was. Oh, this this was his dream. And then fast forward, let's see, what, what would have been like 12, 13 years from the time that the show came out to when Get Out came out. That yeah. garden party scene that turns into, you know, like where they're meeting all the, the, the black men. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm just like sitting mm-hmm. there and the way they talk to Riley and you're so articulate and you're, you know, so, you're so yeah. smart and like, oh, it's you know, how great it is that you can be here and be our token black kid. Like that's, that's how get out kind of it was starts. Exactly. Exactly. And I can't help but remember our conversation from last week. When we were talking about, you know, Lindsay and we were talking about the whole, oh, you speak so well. Yeah, oh, yes. you're so different than like, so and that, yes. And that was exactly what they were doing. And I had the thought process of, is that something that they were doing to placate, you know, him in the situation and just kind of go, no, we're cool. Don't worry about it. Or were you not listening? And that's a broader message that you don't listen to, you know, to black people in America, you know, um, actually hear what you want to hear. mm -hmm. That actually is. uh, So the, the clip that I picked out is kind of what you were saying right there. And I just thought this was really great. Nigga, if you ruin this party for me, I'll put my... Ruin the party? They love me. These people aren't worried about us. They're not worried about anything. They're rich. No matter what happens, these people just keep applauding. (laughs) For so many reasons, that quote makes so much, like... Like, there... Mm. Especially today, there are so many people waking up like we, mm-hmm. we talk about being woke. They are yeah. waking up to this reality that that black people and other people of color have been telling them for centuries. Mm-hmm. And it's such a shock to them because they were these white people. Both conservatives and liberals, in my opinion, had the same mentality. It was One status point. quo. It was uh, be polite. You know, don't don't call them the N word in public and everything would be fine. Um and, you know, it's exactly what Huey said. They didn't care if, if you put on entertainment for them or, you know, whatever you did. It didn't matter. They were going to clap for you because you were the they, you were their entertainment in their own mm-hmm. mind. You weren't an mm-hmm. actual human. You were something that was separate from you. Yeah. It's funny because uh, now that you're saying that, I wonder if it was our underlying message as well as maybe, you know, um, what's, what's the guy's name that brought him there? The bank owner? One star. Uh, yes. Maybe he maybe they thought, well, is this our entertainment? Did he is this what it's supposed to be? You know, so it, he, Magruder is just a freaking genius. OK, because <laughs> when you really take the time to think about it, you go so many down so, so many different paths. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it all comes back together as being, you know, cohesive and it all it all screams the same message. So, yeah. Um, so I have like a really jaded opinion on all of this, which if you haven't listened to episode zero of this podcast, I suggest you do. Um, I was a, I am a girl from the hood, hood, hood. Um, you probably wouldn't know it by how I talk because I'm so articulate, but I grew up, you know, in this wood crusty kind of environment, walking across the bridge to those, this rich suburban private school. 
And how I took it is, and just the lessons I've learned from like working in Fortune 500 companies and all this kind of stuff is, you can get away with anything pretty much as long as you show us you are buying into our hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, which if we go back to Huey's dream of the garden party, right? He's about to come into their world and wreck them, <laughs> blow their minds, and they're going to just go crazy. But he arrives at the party and drops his truth bombs as planned. And like you say, you're so articulate. Right. Because, and this is a big thing, just me personally. I know a lot of people have different opinions about it. I'm a big believer that grammar is a construct. Like, I hate when people say, like, um, you know, having an immigrant for a husband or how a lot of immigrant friends are just friends from the hood. I don't understand what you're saying. When you know damn well you understand what that person is <laughs> mm-hmm. saying, yes. but you don't like the delivery. You don't like mm-hmm. that it's not articulate and being and articulate. Tone and Yes. It's a way to show, like, I respect I respect the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so like in Huey still being so educated and articulate, he is respecting the hierarchy. And then we have um, Ed's grandson, right? Um, oh. Who was oh. just oh. at this party <laughs> talking about the most obscene, ridiculous, like, yeah, they got, they got bitches in Iraq. And, you know, saying all of this lewd stuff that you Oh my lord, like you could never imagine saying around like, you know, in a garden party. Yeah. And he <laughs> can he can do that. He was crashed. He, he was just, uh, just unfilled, just unadulterated, just unfiltered. He said whatever. And they applauded for that as well. Because you he know? was rich. Yes. Yep. Yes. And honestly, I wonder how much um how much of the applauding Huey was, well, he must be rich if he's here or he's at least acceptable to Onesler. Mm-hmm. Therefore he's acceptable to us. And we will mm-hmm. like after ruckus got drunk and went up on stage and sung that terrible song. And the white people were like, well, <laughs> I think it's okay if they say it they say so it. we yeah. can clap for yeah. them. And <laughs> he was a fool though. Oh my God. That whole song. I was like, what's, what's wrong with you? He was so jealous because he wasn't the only one there. And even though he knew I've never been able to walk to the front door, like I'm obviously, you know, working for him, he still felt like because he was in that, you know, upper echelon, it should have just been him, you know, and oh, here yep. you go, bring us some, and I can say, here you go. even I just whispered it, he said, stay away from them, you know, here they are. Um, <laughs> I love that yes. you did that because when I listened to myself say the word in the first episode, I almost cried because I don't say that word in real life. <laughs> at all because I hate that yeah. fucking word yeah. but it's said, so relevant like to the show I oh I say it. <laughs> not often not often yeah. exactly I am not one of those um, black people that says nigga a lot like I yeah. even not. saying that set felt like he's laughing because it's so not me <laughs> he's all that's cute good try, good try. Cute. <laughs> right and that's I how I feel th- like I I feel like what my my teenagers think that you know think the the dorky adult you know like that's how I feel when I say stuff like that like it's just not part of my personal language and that's fine that's fine if other black people want to say that word it's weird for me but like I was telling him we should really put a uh, a trigger warning on this show because that word comes up so often in the tv show that we're gonna it's gonna come up in our show so I mean especially with Riley what is a right Mm. Nigga, that's you know I'm not yeah. we're not gonna get into that, but that's yeah. what he says. You know that, like I said last week, that was gonna be my point, and I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't start off with that one. Well, but it was just something to me that it is it wraps who wraps up who he is mm-hmm. and his personality to a T, and that's 
that is so many of the same sentiments and the thoughts that black people have in America, you know, at this time, like you want us to be something, we're going to be that, even though I'm so much more, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to go ahead and use it. But that reminds me, I was camping this weekend and somebody made a joke. I'm just going to say it. There was some white people who I was like, you're trying it. You are trying it this weekend. So I made a joke to my friend and said, you see them white niggas over there? And he was like, wait, what What did you say? It's <laughs> a tattoo reference. So if you see tattoo, you know I'm talking about. But he's like, are you allowed to say that? I was like, I am allowed to say it. Yes. But, you know, it's just it's just that kind of same and that same mentality, that same way. We're like, well, they could say it, so it must be okay. But um, yeah, that scene is just the whole garden party deal, you know, the, the, the net or the grandson going up to the room, you know, and him taking, and that, that, that is a little concerning to me. Why do you want to kick it with an eight-year-old? Or take your so oh, <laughs> there's so much wrong with that young man. Not to, you know, just, mm-hmm. just number one, he keeps loaded machine guns and submachine guns and rifles hanging on the wall in, in his room Two, he, he, <laughs> like he's, his desire is to impress or shock people um, she says from a psychological background. Uh, and so when he sees this, you know, kid, this eight year old who's like, why you have guns? Awesome. He's like, huh, I can be, you know, big, you know, cool. big hero yeah. guy. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't fucking know. But I think it's also showing how like a commentary on how a lot of people, they make a fetish. They like fetish, mm-hmm. fetishize. Yes. Yeah. Hood culture. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Especially yeah. like people who want to be down and da 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 like yes. uh, and so he's getting this validation that he's hood he's down from an 8 year old from right. an 8 year old so, this little black yeah. kid thinks that I'm cool and I'm like him and yeah, yeah. I have to say mm-hmm. this his character reminded me a little and I don't know why of 50 cent and I'm wondering if that if it was also supposed to be based off him because he shoot me you know what I'm saying not that 50 asked to get shot nine times but <laughs> he was like I'm raw if I make me I'm going to live I'm good I don't know. I, yeah. I think it's the big W. Like, I think, I don't know. It's just, and it dawned on me today. I, that's never been, you know, a thought that I've had before. But I think he was probably, like I said, there's commentary on that or who he was kind of um, sh- shaping him after. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been a little bit of Eminem because of, let's be honest, that, you know, biggest white rapper. Yep. And um, the look, the look was very Eminem. Like he doesn't really yeah. wear the chain so much, but like the wife beater with like, I know they're military that, pants, but yeah, that's a very similar to the, the look that he had shit 20 years ago. So yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> Did he always, when, when he put on the, the vest, I think that's probably what reminded me of 50. That makes 50 sense. Cent used to always wear the vest and whatnot, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's just, I was like, let me remember that and see what the ladies think. Cause I just popped into my head. But, yeah, and I'm so. not down. Like, I don't want to give the impression, y'all, that I'm about that life. I'm not. <laughs> I, I, my, I was kept in the house. Like, you could play in the front yard, like Chris Rock said. Every it. year, the space gets smaller here to there. Um, <laughs> that's how I grew up in the hood. But I, you know, we had friends in the neighborhood and you grew up with people. And that was a thing. Like, you would start to meet different people. And a lot of them would try and impress you. Mm-hmm. I, I've been shot. <laughs> or, you know, like, and it's like, cool. Yeah, yeah, dude. I I mean, I, it's I've not... been a juvie, and it's like, yeah, cool, I have yeah. been. Good, <laughs> like you know. Yeah. What are you trying to prove here? Like, I'm not judging you for that. Either way, I mean, not that... looking down on you, not looking up on you. But that is a I thing. That highlights your black card out and give it to you. <laughs> right. I can't. Right. That highlights you're a... an honorary member. That yeah. highlights a big difference between like your growing up and my growing up. Because when I was growing up, it wasn't say you know I got shot to look cool. It was 
I went to the mental hospital to look cool or I went to treatment to look cool. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's yeah, like- that's that was my generation. Like I knew way more people that were in Fairfax was the name of the of the hospital. I knew way more people in Fairfax for like eating disorders or drugs or alcohol before I got out of for attempted suicide. Yeah. So um yeah, we didn't have I think there I think in Seattle there was kind of this unique brand of um <laughs> citywide depression. <laughs> like Ooh, I don't know how to say this. Uh, I was gonna say like, I was gonna say, is that what you know kind of was the start of I mean we know grunge. Right. Like, right. Yeah, it's that yeah, same yeah. yeah, it's that same kind of era. Like I I remember and I think this is why rap didn't appeal to me when I was younger. I didn't grow up with any examples that that related to me for. Yeah. Um yeah. like what I saw growing up again in a very very white area, uh what I saw was, you know, aging hippies who were, you know, gardening in their front yard with their twin kids with their homemade clothes and <laughs> you know, the um the low income housing that was down the street was like four houses or four like row houses and that was it. Like that was wow. the low income in our area and now well, we won't go into that, but <laughs> that's a different episode. That's a whole nother. <laughs> we're not talking about the what, hockey arena and ten thousand unit thing that's going in down the street oh, with no parking. You guys are getting um, one too. <laughs> oh, wait, we're now getting. We're getting a soccer. Oh, we're getting a soccer team, and they're we're getting yeah. yeah, we're getting a hockey team, and the practice facility is three blocks from our house. Oh, and fuck you. Well, I mean, Don't trust those new niggas. That was good. That was good. Lucy. I like that. <laughs> God, I was almost going to start singing it. <laughs> Don't trust them, dude. It's over there. I didn't come up with the same He had the he had the rhythm, like the cadence. He had the rhythm. He had everything. Like, how did you come up with that that quickly? And he sang with so much. Lucas is talented. Just dumb. <laughs> right? Right? I, oh my God. I feel like there's commentary there too. Like I said, mm. being in corporate. I've always been the girl. Like even when, like I said, when I was younger, I wanted to be a nun, you guys. And I wanted to change the world. And I was a Catholic girl. <laughs> um, like kind of when you move from that hierarchy into corporate. Like, so you bump into, and I'm sure you guys, even like you say, like just living in more, more wow, move, more affluent areas like when you bump into other minorities and you get like, oh, I see one. Yes, you get so excited. And yeah. some of them also, they share that joy like, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. And then other ones are like, yes, <laughs> don't, I don't trust know. them. Or yeah, they'll yeah. be like, yeah. wait, I was the token black person. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was yes. used yes. to being the one everyone came to or looked at or. How oh. dare you be able to come in and dance? And everybody right. thinks I'm the only one. Yeah, no, that wasn't me. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or they're like, I don't dance at functions, so you cannot be out here dancing and embarrassing us. <laughs> and I feel like that was the whole nature of Uncle Ruckus's song. Mm, and it's like yeah. I said, kind of this, I have paid my dues and I'm doing everything I can to buy into this yeah. hierarchy or society. So don't trust these ghetto people coming in here, you know? They're new. Well, they're new money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was all yes. jealousy. It was all him going like like you said, I've put in all this time and I've never been invited. And you yeah, get invited so after you just moved here. Like that yeah. there yeah. Yep. And I think um Oh god, that is such <laughs> It's it's there are so many um 
tropes and stereotypes wrapped up in each of these characters because mm-hmm. that's literally what the show is about, mm-hmm. exposing these, you know, things. And the thing with Ruckus, just, it's, it reminds me so much, like, I talked about this last week, I grew up with a lot of internalized racism. Um, and it wasn't anything overt. Like I, again, never used the N word. Like it was not used around me except from, you know, the, the one kid. Um, and you know, there's always one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It's, I lost my train of thought because of course I did. Well, I was going to ask you, is it something (laughs) you feel like you still deal with, um, in a way that, or do you, are you like, I, I'm aware of it. I acknowledge it. And I'm able to learn from it. Or is it something like kind of deep down you still feel a certain way about? Sometimes I will catch myself and realize where something I I thought Mm -hmm. of came from. And usually Mm -hmm. it's around like, well, and I haven't done this much in the last six months because I barely leave my house anymore. But um, like I used to go dancing a lot and I would take like a lift home or I would you know, if it was if I was really warm, I would walk down to the bus station, which was maybe a half a mile away from the club. And um, I had that internalized fear of, oh, there's a black man walking down the street. I better like hold my keys or you know whatever the fuck like yeah. that. That was still ingrained in me just like a few years ago. I don't I don't yeah. get that immediate reaction anymore. But that was so instilled in people growing up in the 70s 80s 90s like what a thug looks like what a bad guy looks like it's not the college kid you know walking down the street who will probably is more likely to probably grab a girl and rape her than you know the the black kid that's just trying to go to work at night or whatever but because I grew up without any real concrete examples of black people um and I love my dad dearly, but there was a, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a whole lot of internalized racism inside him. And that mm-hmm. was a big reason why we moved to where we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like very little contact with my family that lived in Louisiana and Texas, you know, maybe saw them every four years, maybe. So like very, it, it, looking back, it feels very exclusive, excluding on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's kind of an implicit bias. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we all have it. I, I'm guilty of it. Every, yeah, um, everybody's you know? got some kind of bias in them. It's it's about recognizing it and changing the pattern. It's not about being perfect. Exactly. And learning from, I always say, if you don't make any mistakes, I don't think you've ever learned. <laughs> and I may not be able to mess with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because that that's what it's about that's what life's about and making yourself better so i have a giant sign in my classroom that says mistakes are proof that you're trying like that that 1, is my motto <laughs> yes yes my husband's over here snapping because he's degrees <laughs> yeah but that's the message that he's getting across to the students today he's like the fact that you had a seven percent in this class right now and the fact that you're playing music or you're being just blatantly disrespectful and not even trying to to change that or to to learn what is that going to do for you? And he says, it's, it's okay to mess up. Like, let's say you did the homework and every answer was wrong. That provides them the opportunity to help you mm-hmm. versus then when you take the midterm and you bomb it and then now you're repeating it's like in ninth grade as a junior, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it's, it's same thing. It's the effort that you give. And that's kind of the message to all of our, you know, under melanated or non-melanated counterparts and friends. Um, <laughs> If you show an effort to understand, 
then that's what matters. But when you try to wear these blinders and make it be like, well, it's just white blessings. No, <laughs> no, that's, that's the problem. You know, so, um, and I think like, once again, I went camping this weekend, we go to a resort. It is mainly, um, mainly Caucasians. It is a clothing optional resort. So that's why everybody there is like 1,015 years old. Um, <laughs> but okay and so look, I, if I can, I will retire at some place like that because it is great living. Um, but, you know, people from the outside come in. But I've had, I had three experiences this weekend where I was like, are, what, am, am I just supposed to fall in a line because you think that I should? You know, um, we were up kicking it, 6 o'clock in the morning. We're adults. I have had my kids for six months. They're at grandma's. I'm, we are living it up. And this guy shows up out of nowhere in the dark. You don't walk up on black people in the pitch oh, Good fucking dark. God, no. <laughs> pitch the dark. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I, I, right? That's what my husband said. Like, he's shaking his head of balcony right now. Like, he was this close. He was this close. But we're chilling. We're listening to music. We're outside of the fire pit. And he comes over and goes, you guys need to be quiet. It's quiet hours. What? what? I, no. You... Please go somewhere right now. I was listening to Bad and Bougie and I just turned right back around <laughs> and kept listening to it. <laughs> but the fact that he thought he could get up, say something to us, and then we all were just going to fall in line oh and just God. be quiet and go, oh, well, you know, he said be quiet. No, my Australian white friend, who was not the one, because I go, your people. He's like, that's not my people. But he immediately <laughs> turned on WAP blasting, <laughs> like, you know, I have been at campsites where people tried to fucking sleep train their children, their their infants at camping. And you're going to tell me that I can't yeah. stay up with another adult and quietly listen to music. You can go fuck yourself. Right. Because <laughs> I pay a membership. So my right. money is just as green as yours. You know, so I, um, it kind of reminds me, you know, that kind of reminds me of that same situation. What we were just talking about is you want people to act the way that you want them to act. Mm -hmm. And it goes into what, you know, granddad said. He slapped the shit out of, <laughs> out of you. He yeah. was like, you don't tell white people what you think. You act the way that they want you to act, mm -hmm. you know. And yes. give cheese. I know he says that later, but the cheese <laughs> line to me is fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely... Uh, if you act right, then you can be cool with yes. us. If you assimilate, you can be cool. Yeah, um, yeah that's the, like, I, I wrote down, learn how to lie. And that's, I think that's where the internalized racism comes from. You're, you're told as a child, you need to be deferential to the white man because your feelings don't matter uh, compared to theirs. So yes. you start yeah. believing that you are less than, which means anyone who looks like you is less than, Yes. which then yes. perpetuates that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's, it's conform or get the hell out the way and mm -hmm. don't worry about what we say, you know, when it happens. So, yeah, see the boondocks. You guys will learn a lot. It takes you <laughs> from one thing to another. Um, but, yeah, so what else did you what, what else did you guys ladies feel that oh. kind of stood out to you? Well, you know, even what you were just saying about granddad and yeah. like, you know, don't you learn how to lie to white people. I was going through it in my career like. I think we talked about on episode zero, what I felt was racial discrimination at my job because, hi, hi, my name is Lindsay. I don't conform. I just don't do it, never have. And I'm also a big fuck up and I'm very proud of that. And that has taken me extremely far in my career. No joke. Like I've been, I, I interviewed like 
you know, pretty far with Google. I got to the very end. Like I've done a lot of big shit in my career and it has all come from being honest about making mistakes. I am always that person like, MJ, I don't know how to do this. Please show me. Or Tiara, I fucked up. Please help me. Show me. Teach me. That is me all day and it will take you so far. But like, so once I got to this job and I'm a lot older, well, not a lot older. I was the second oldest person in that office at 34. So let's say that. Ouch. And Shut the hell me, up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> maybe, maybe three minorities. I think uh, one Korean girl, one Mexican boy, uh, and a whole lot of white people. Oh, one Mexican guy and a whole lot of white people. Um, and that's what it was all about. Like, listen, I'm, I was the shit at my job. So I, like, I know that. But what they were trying to do is train me to behave. And so I'm going to my mom and telling her like, oh, yeah, I was in HR today. Oh, yeah, I'm in HR today. I, doc- I would document everything because I've been through this, right? And I would yeah. have, oh, at 3.43 on Slack, you made this racist comment. And I, you know, I'm like <laughs> going through all this and I'm talking every night, calling my mom like, yeah, yeah, and today I caught them. I got them. One day she just was not having it. She went granddad on me and she was like, Lindsay, why are you arguing with these white people? This is their white company. You need to stop and like start finding a peace of mind. And like it, ba- like she mind fucked me. I was like, excuse me, you raised me to be a big mouth. You raised me to stand up for what's right. You raised me to like not take shit. So what, where is this coming from? And she's like, it doesn't change. It doesn't change. And we had this about like civil rights recently. She and I had this conversation as mm-hmm. well. Um, not that she was saying like, take your asses home. No, you should be out here in the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Don't forget your raincoat, <laughs> like granddad. <laughs> but um, full right outfit. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, these days know, like, it's your gas mask and your uh, your shield <laughs> made out of like plywood or or garbage lids. Yes, <laughs> yes, and then umbrellas because and umbrellas to use to yep. be able blowers. to say yeah, yeah, and blowers, yeah. yeah, wind blowers and uh, traffic yeah. cones and. Yeah, funny. Huh. All that good stuff. Don't forget it. Don't be late. Right? Um, yeah. But like she was saying, like, girl, like you're fighting the wrong battles. Like you got to pick your battles and this is not one to, to pick. Learn how to lie <laughs> to white yeah. people. But I can't do it, y'all. So she couldn't do it and I quit. But like it was just such a weird tension that I definitely related to in this episode between me and my mom at that point. We talked like probably every other day. We didn't talk for like a week because I just was like. I don't want to hear you right now. Yeah. Like you're not, I'm not lying to white people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What side are you on? You know? Right. Right. So Lindsay, let me ask you this. Have you ever yeah. found that um, being in corporate, being in, you know, somewhere like getting to that last step before Google, do you think that people, because your parents, of course, you, you know, we know that it, black comes in all shades, all, and everything. Yes. but did you ever think that, or did you ever get any kind of, um, underlying message or you know somebody saying something she were like you're so much different or are you oh, yeah. of a descent or you know so then <laughs> they probably immediately thought you were going to act different you know right away because you're like shade and you have beautiful eyes and you know and, and things I like swear that to you guys i am so i am so brown i don't know what it is on camera i just pick up a lot lighter. <laughs> i am a really brown girl like you can see i just i think i'm, I'm the lightest of the three of us <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? That wasn't that. <laughs> Wait a like, minute. I don't have great lighting in here, but <laughs> I have reverse vertigo. Okay. <laughs> um, but I wait. Do. That hasn't been introduced yet. <laughs> you can see how much my shade just changes based on the lighting. I get to. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm all over the place, but people my whole life, like not even, and my mom, she used to tell me growing up. My mom was very much about be aware of what's going on and like trying to like wake me up even as a kid. I used to like love Sailor Moon. Did I already talk about this? I loved Sailor Moon and I love Barbie. And my mom was like, 
And she made me read like Nelson, Man- Nelson Mandela's oh. biography to her. I had to read about the Tuskegee oh. experiment. I had to do like black education with her every night before bed. Um, but so she was always very much about like, hey, be kind of woke about this. But my whole life, people would say things to me like, what are you? Mm-hmm. I, uh-huh. And now my mm-hmm. sister, one of my sisters is extremely light. She's lighter than UT. And my other sister, she's a little bit lighter than me. But I got, and she has freckles. Like mm-hmm. I got that shit my whole life. Or my, my hair is like, 4C when it's natural, but when it's blown mm. out, it is very like um, one of my girlfriends said it's Asian hair. And I'm like, girl, no, it's just pressed black hair. That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. But yes. always my mom said she feels, no, this is my mom's opinion, that because like she made that investment to kind of send her kids to this this private, like, mm. you know, ritzy <laughs> school, that the articulate nature of us made people want to say, you're not black. Mm-hmm. What are you? What mm-hmm. else is going on here? And she's like, you were polite. You were well-spoken. So they just would not accept you as black. You, you don't yeah. fit what I know as black. So yeah, like I would get stuff like that a lot. They wouldn't want to feel comfortable or they would possibly, possibly have to explain to someone how they have this little black girl as a friend when they could have said, you know, oh, well, she's, well, she's mixed, you know, or, or whatever it may be. I remember being in sixth grade and having to do an ancestry uh, report. <laughs> And I ended up finding this couple, I mean, this family out of like ass crack Minnesota or some shit like that, that ended up coming back. They were blonde hair, blue eye, full Mormon family, same last name, which my maiden name was Wiggum. And so I get like a long letter and, you know, pictures and stuff back to them like, family. And I'm like, no, no, we're not like maybe back in the back in the back in the day, you know, that's <laughs> where my family got their name from. But at this point, no, nope, not, not going to be visiting and coming for Thanksgiving. Like, we're so not close. Well, that's the only information I could find other than saying my family were slaves or whatnot. So when I took yeah. it back, I remember a girl telling me, I knew it. I knew it. Mm-hmm. You, if you had blonde hair or just like if your hair was kind of like so kinky, um, it would come across some. And I'm just like, I, I don't, I are you that. trying to get me suspended? Because right now I just wanted to, you know, just suck her in the nose. But it's just amazing how that situ- a situation like that or like your situation, Lindsay, people can try to make themselves feel better, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. So it actually, ever- it, it ties what? in really well to one of the major things that is happening in this episode, and that's microaggressions. Yes. Um, and, you know, things like you speak so well. Um, I used to get, you sound white. Like, what does that mean? Yep. What What does white sound like? Like, Ugh. I would like to know that. But, I got that from all races. From uh, yeah. Black people, yeah. white people, Asian people. Oh, especially the, black people. Love yep. you, but man. You, Why wow. you talk so white? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because Are you I speak proper English. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah, I got, mm-hmm. you're the, you're the, fl- you're the speck of pepper in between all the salt. And I was like, that's a good yeah. one. That was a fresh one. But yep. yeah, a fly in the buttermilk. That was me. <laughs> oh. my, my family is Southern, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> a lot of weird come shit. Up with some, come up with some sayings and be like, oh, <laughs> well, I'll take that. But yeah, Tiro, yeah, it's, uh, I'm happy that you mentioned that because it's definitely microaggressions. I mean, mm-hmm. Uncle Ruckus, he was throwing nothing but, uh, you know. No, so, well, I, I would actually say that his were like macro. Like he was just saying, <laughs> you, you black people cannot <laughs> come in here. You are not good enough. You are black. <laughs> But yeah, it was like all of the white situation. people, you know, like free man, yes. like emphasizing the way you said that name. Yes. That in itself was a microaggression. That was in itself mm-hmm. was almost like 
I bet you got that name because some slave owner freed your ancestor. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Like that's the undertone of a microaggression, in my opinion. It's it's like a backhanded compliment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it can oh, it's just it's terrible. Um, and the fact that they think that we can't pick up on that. Right. Right. Like, or, or they might not even realize they're doing it. It's so true. ingrained in people to think that they're superior that that yeah, that it just Now, I've been told that I look for problems where there are none, but I believe it's intentional. Mm -hmm. I believe it's just, just let me remind you, like, I know we're on boondocks here, but my favorite part, not favorite part, the part that like gave me chills in Lovecraft country um, was when the police officer pulled them over and he's like, oh, we got a smart nigga. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's, to me, that's what they're doing when they are doing these, just remind, let me just remind you who you are and where you belong in this hierarchy. No? Play basketball, girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. play basketball, play football, dance like Michael Jackson. Yeah, and we so love you, dance you can be a rap and be thuggy as long as it's over there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yes. And I oh, say but, thuggy but as can, I say that specifically that way. Yeah, <laughs> and we can play WAP, and we, and we right, can have right, a right. we can bop to the WAP. Yes, yes. I will um, dance to happy. I love Pharrell. You know. <laughs> so, question then for both of you guys. It, yeah. So, something that I picked up on, but I want to hear what you guys think about this. And I know Lindsay that you wanted to talk about. Uh, um, what was the the clip that you were you were wanting to do? Mm, uh, yes, uh, I think that ties Cheers. in really well too. Yep. Um, do you want to do you want to intro what that clip was? Yeah, let's go ahead. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Now, are we going to have that drink or what? Glad you were able to make it, Robert. To the old school. To the old school. So, what do you think that they mean, each of them? Because it could be the same, but it could be different. What do you think they mean by old school when referring to each other as old school? Uh, I, so I immediately thought of it as, because we know Grandpa's kind of like, let's, Let's assimilate. Let's be, you know, mm-hmm. let's conform. Mm-hmm. I think it was his definite, you know, it was his sub, as the kids say, um, where he was basically going, I know you know that I'm in charge. Um, I mean, let's start with the whole, I'm coming to your house. I'm the bank owner that owns your your house, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so you're lucky that I let you come into this mm-hmm. neighborhood. And then, you know, well, I'm showing you that I appreciate, not one, I'm certain that I can handle you and deal with you as much as possible. And, you know, Grandpa was so, um, he just seemed so appreciative of the invite. Mm-hmm. And I think he knew that. He knew that he was like, if I, you know, if I extend this courtesy to you, I'm going to have you where I want you. And that's, of course, what the old school used to be. You know, so that's how I took it. Um, what did you think, something different, You know, but. What did you think, Linz? It, to me, it was like I said, it was that same argument that I kind of was having with my mother. My mommy uh, is from like backwoods, Alabama, grew up dirt poor and worked at Kodak her whole life, but she made a lot of money through investing. But she did not leave the hood. She told me that, like, you don't live, move out in the suburbs, which here I am. But um, <laughs> <laughs> like, she has this notion of, you know, learn how to lie to white people. You play the game and you make progress. Now, look mm-hmm. at uh, granddad. Here he is out in Woodcrest and like, to the old school, to making progress through small strides, whereas you have Riley and Huey and Lindsay and us who are like, uh-uh, <laughs> no, 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 old school is out. We're not doing this shit. Yes, now, yes. in the case of, of Ad, though, like I said, it gave me chills. I was like, ugh, because it gave me those Make America Great Again vibes. Like, 
<laughs> He's saying cheers to the old school, cheers to the old guard of uh, powerful, stodgy white men who have garden parties. And, you know, it's so nice that we can have, you know, uh, like a nice, uh, it's not an Uncle Tom, but like we can have a, a black person who abides by the rules yeah. here at our garden party. We're we have our token. The, the burden. Yes. We finally He's found so one that's deferential enough to us that we feel superior without feeling bad about it. So yes. we can yes. then invite them. Yes, that's exactly what where I was going with that because... I feel like Robert is saying, oh, he's old school. Like, yeah, he's old like me and, and he likes to, to make fun of people mm. and, and have a drink. And, you know, I don't think Robert sees that. I really no. do not think that he no. like he in him. He's oh, no, no, you're supposed to be deferential. So I'm going to be deferential. I'm going to shuck and jive. Whereas the yeah. kids are like, what the fuck? Our parents didn't well, teach us to do this. Yes. Right. So, yes. Like, yes. So it's like part generational thing. But like, I think Wensler looks at him as as the good n-word <laughs> whereas yeah. uh robert looks at him as this rich white man who could advance my place in society yes and so they're essentially using each other and yeah, saying because, yeah. to each other in the same word different things exactly yeah. and who, who knows if grandpa would have you know of course we don't have the backstory on where they lived before right. but let's just say if that inheritance didn't come around he obviously became the guardian would he have had that opportunity and right. you know he's old so it's finally like, I'm here, I I've reached it, I'm gonna do what I need to to maintain it. And these little kids over here that you don't fuck my shit up, basically. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have you in a nice area, but really, I'm gonna benefit from this the most. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with both of your, your ideas on that. Because um, like I said, it says a lot in little things, little sentences, little interactions, little scenes on there, it speaks volumes. Absolutely. Yeah, those are both great clips that you guys chose so i just i had one other thing that i wanted to point out just because it foreshadows so much in the whole series uh during the the garden party when riley is you know telling all the white people these scary things that he thinks is just going to blow their mind he talks about how 9-11 has all of these like conspiracy theories and things around it and the military guys overhear him and they like like hit each other and like, are you paying attention to this? Yeah. And we do know that in like, there is no spoilers in the show because the show is 15 years old. If you have not watched yeah. it yet, go watch it. Go, go watch the whole thing and then come back and listen to us. Right. But, like, stop <laughs> until you do that. Right. And then come stop back. Yeah. now. Um, <laughs> but, so we know in future episodes that shady secret agents show up and are following him and watching him. And, and like, they actually think of him as potential like domestic terrorist. Um, and this is where it all starts at that garden party where he is not acting the way he's supposed to and the wrong people hear him. So, and I love that you say that because anytime in our history, anytime that there has been a black man and they're usually young, Huey Newton, um, you know, for example, you Tupac, even mm -hmm. for a bigger example, you are scared of the fact that there is obviously an educated and resourceful young man who is going to pass along the buck and, you know, give the message to everybody else. And you guys are afraid of that because once the truth comes out, it's, we're starting to get there now. Thanks internet. Because people are starting to really find out things and questioning and wanting mm -hmm. there to be, be a change. They don't want that. That's like, why are you messing up my stilo? You know, why is this something you're messing up for me? So I, I like that you say that. I didn't even pick that up until you, you mm -hmm. uh, record that you said that that's what they yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, if we started sharing some shit, you know, if I got on here and started just saying all the things that I thought and the things that I've reviewed on, mm. you know, YouTube or something, for example, I may start getting a little 
you know, wondering why that town car is following me around. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, I joke, I joke all the time. Scale, but- I joke all the time that Dean shouldn't say things, you know, in our house because we have so many uh, smart devices. Oh, I was like, oh. Alexa's listening. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. They are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they totally are. Have you guys seen the video about where somebody asks Alexa, did the government kill <laughs> John Kenny or something? And it just shuts down. Yep. Yep. Like the, just shuts down. Yeah. There's all these instances. Lindsay, you should look them up. Uh, all, like, I, w- I saw the one where it's like, Alexa, do you work for the NSA? And she yeah. just keeps dancing around like yeah they they programmed a bunch of stuff in there but it's yeah there's some hilarious shit in there i think once i asked it if it worked for the cia and they were like no why do you ask (laughs) i'm like oh shit i don't know what that is like you don't know what the cia is because if i asked you what's the cia or what does cia stand for you would tell me but all of a sudden alexa is just all tight lips she doesn't know anything Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah that's that's crazy and that's also let let you know that how how in control they try to stay you know um absolutely yeah yeah pretty scary but we've made it this far we're going to continue to do it keep going hell yeah so i i think uh i think it's about time we ask our lovely lovely producer man uh, for our stupid white people question of the night yes we might as well top it all off yeah i'm sure i haven't been placed here for you i (laughs) <laughs> I'm your assigned white person. <laughs> yes, you are. That is true. I was assigned to my very own white person. Uh, oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, um, okay, so this this very much blends into uh, what this episode is about, and um, and being oh, I don't see you as black. And the question is something I found from Twitter. Uh, a Twitter thread. Uh, how is not seeing race racist? Please explain because I thought racism is treating people a certain way based on the color of their skin. And the antithesis of that is treating everyone equally. <laughs> oh, now well, they're just, oh, I mean, it's like how so, much time you got. Right. Right. <laughs> um, we should probably start by uh, basically saying, if you don't see color, you are absolving yourself from the responsibility to stand up for someone else who Mm -hmm. is being treated differently because of the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. You are basically telling the world, uh, someone else's lived experiences don't matter because I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't see them as being different. So Mm -hmm. therefore they're not. Um, it's, it's like, I think there was an infographic once that someone was putting around Facebook when all of the current unrest uh, started coming up and it was, uh, like, if you don't see color, what you see is a whole bunch of people going to jail, a whole bunch of people getting shot. When you see color, you see that the people who are making it to jail are white and the people who are getting shot are black. Exactly. And it's, it's if you don't see color, you're not going to see the patterns uh, that are intrinsic in the system created and propped up to keep other people down. To devalue. And- yes, you know, to, to, like you said, to, if you can't, if, I mean, the, the, the definition of it's very clear. So first of all, read a dictionary. That's number one. <laughs> but um, the inability or refusal to recognize the rights, needs, dignity, or value of people of race. So if you don't see that, then you negate everything else that comes along with it. And then therefore, your one black friend, who, uh, you know, James, don't tell me about him because you don't really, you know, see him as somebody that 
has to go through difficult times, not the same stuff that you have to go through every day. Mm -hmm. You know, James probably deals with 17 micro and right in your face aggressions every single day. And you get mad because, you know, somebody took your freaking gas spot or, you know, at the, at the gas station. Or you, you get, like, that's just doing you wrong. You get mad when he gets mad at you for pointing it out. Why are you mad at me for doing this when so-and-so does it too? Well, yeah, that's why I'm mad because this keeps happening. Yes, yes, yes. So it's, uh, yeah, it's alarming. And I'm, I can't wait for more of these questions because they're just like, what is going on? Seriously, whenever I'm, I, you know, I like that we uh, got this question a little early because I, I literally was like, oh, I need to write this down. So I say the right words because this is one that I hear a lot. Um, working in education for a really long time, I think that was the stance of of all of the trainings that, you know, you shouldn't see color and everyone is equal and treat everyone equally and blah, 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 blah. But it failed to recognize the things that were building and creating more and more deficient or not deficiencies, more and more um, space between the different groups. Uh, Like in Seattle, we have um, in our in our school district. There's the HCC program, which is essentially like uh, accelerated for so like a, a fifth grader would be doing seventh seventh or eighth grade work okay. kind of thing. Um, and HCC is predominantly white, and essentially has turned into the new segregation in Seattle. And it's wow. a huge deal. Um, our PTA is constantly like like our our school count. What do you call it? Um, the school board. And the city council and the superintendents, like there's constantly meetings and trainings and all these things that like people have run on just the platform of HCC is racist, elect me to the school board. So like it's Uh, that just keeps open the uh, the gap, you know, that and and the disparities. Yeah. I mean, that's that's facilitating it in a different way, Uh, you know, so. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Even school zones to me are yeah, a yeah. form of segregation. Absolutely. Um, I will use this question though. Like, well, one, everything you ladies said, I was like, damn, they're so, <laughs> they're so articulate in what they're saying. <laughs> um, t- totally hear you and totally agree. And I always look at it like too, like I say, being in these corporate rooms, like I, I'll be that asshole. Y'all, it did used to give me pleasure to look around and be like, yeah, I worked three <laughs> times harder than all of you to be here. She, she sure did. She sure did. Um, so yeah, it, race is a construct, but it is a construct with very real consequences. And mm-hmm. so you can't like, um, what they say, throw the stone and hide the hand. Like you can't yeah, explode so- the bomb and then say, oh, I don't see anything. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what, <laughs> it reminded, I wanted to talk to this talk to this point when we talked about like Huey's opening statement and I kind of let it slip my mind. Um, this is sometimes I say really dumb things, very Riley like, and people, I kind of become known for them. Like my theory of white Oprah, um, oh. we're new friends here. So you guys don't know my theory of, of white Oprah, which is that like, let's say tomorrow there was an apocalypse or an atomic bomb is dropped and the whole world goes to shit or the magnetic field changes and we all go back to like ancient Egypt times and we're just living, you know, in this new world. I do believe as history recreates itself, Oprah will show up as white Oprah. She will be like, like how people say, wait a minute, Jesus was black. Like, yeah. One billion percent. They're going to be like, what? Oprah, what? One Oh my God, I love you You so much. And thus, (laughs) everybody got a car. 
and you got a car and you got a car and white Every- Oprah was happy. <laughs> yes. Every black grandma in, in Neo America will have white Oprah on the wall oh, with her yeah. hands out and three cars coming out. Um, because and that's, I think I think it was UT who brought it up. It might have been you, MJ, though, too. One of you brought it up on the first um, the episode zero when we recorded it about like race in America and how like once you get rich, though, you kind of become white mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit or closer to white. Yeah. So you're successful. You're one of the it's good kind of ones. The same thing. Yes. Right. Yes. Being one of like, the good you- ones is very important to white people who want to maintain the current structure um, of, you know, systemic racism, because being one of the good ones means, well, see, we're not racist. We are, we hired this one and we are friends with this one. And, and, you know, it's (sighs) token white, it's that tokenism all over again. It is. And you know, what's so funny to me about Oprah is that if you look back at her history, they called you all kind of fat. Mm your hair was too black you, you know oh you were using your experience of being you know molested as a child like she mm-hmm. got, just all this shit but yep. as soon as the oprah show like she struggled trying to come up to even get to be oprah you know what i'm saying she was yeah first of all her name when it was the oprah so winfrey you know that show was that was <laughs> too black of a name and all, everything mm-hmm. else but as soon as you got moved up and you got a little you know a, a little fame started with your show that shit switched immediately um i've always said I got kind of like Kanye, George Bush, and he hates black people. I feel like that with with Oprah. I don't. She doesn't hate, but she's very happy to live on that beautiful estate that she paid fifty million dollars mm-hmm. for Absolutely. cash, and she knows Barbara. Um, what's her name? Uh, you said well, or Gail. Well, that's a whole different situation. You <laughs> her Gail, but Barbara Streisand and you know these people mm-hmm. are your biggest friends and. Um, I remember Snoop said one thing when Snoop snitched that she spoke weed and he did it accidentally. You know, he said Oprah was in this VIP area that only the most A-list, you know, black people were also in. And so he was like, basically with her, Denzel, and like one other person. And he remembers trying to get somebody's attention where he could get in. And she kind of gave him like a disgusted look, like, oh, here comes this weed smoker or whatever. But he said he sat in the VIP, he rolled a blunt. And when that went around and Oprah hit it, he was like, got you, got you, you know, like, <laughs> got you. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, um, girl, <laughs> we have a whole conversation. Because, <laughs> yep. I, oh. I'm not an Oprah fan. I, yeah, yep. That's like saying you're not a Beyonce fan. <gasps> but yeah, it's, I, oh, I, I'm, I don't hate Beyonce, yeah. but I'm not a, I, yeah, yeah. I have I to admit, I have to admit, I, I listen to her music when it when it comes on. I like it. Like, yeah. I like the performance. I like the show. Mm-hmm. But I don't really listen to her music. Like, there's yeah. a couple of she's songs. She's a performer. Yeah, she's a performer. People exactly. acting like she is our savior for all black people. She is not a Ruby D and Jay-Z is not an Ozzy Davis. Like, that is not, they're not <gasps> the Obamas. Like, she Davis. is Janet Jackson for this time. And I yeah. don't understand why nobody just, yeah. she's a performer and great and creative and everything else. But Look, that that could be an episode where if we talk about it some more, they'll be like, "Well, that was episode zero and one. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're good. We're done. We'll sign it off." On that <laughs> note, <laughs> right. does, uh, does anybody have any final thoughts about season one, episode one, the Garden Party? I just think it was a great. Um, I think last week was awesome for you know people to kind of get to know us. Our zero episode, but I think um, this was, of course, it's a great first episode. But it's really good to um, both the idea of what we're going to be talking about and 
then people that are listening and watching, you can figure out how much you can handle, how mm -hmm. much you agree with, you know, and uh, and then continue to join us and, and see where this goes because we have a, a lot to delve into. Those 22 minutes each, you know, each episode, it's a lot. There's and so much. There's so much that we didn't even talk about, really. Yeah. Like, I have, yeah. I have way more notes than what we actually touched on. Same. Yeah. I love your organization. I was like, oh, that's cute. I wrote mine on like an envelope. <laughs> I just, oh, it's just because we've been doing this for a while. That's all. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> literally, awesome. this is not what it looked like when we started. <laughs> <laughs> this is like two years to, to perfect this whole routine we got going on. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's um, another <sighs> awesome episode. Yeah. We got some laughs. I think yeah. you ladies are fantastic. Um, I think yeah. that this, this particular episode of the Boondocks is so foretelling of so much that happens in the show mm -hmm. and so many things that happened in this one episode are things that we can talk about are relevant to what's happening right now. Yes. I just, I, I love, I love this. I love that, that we are doing this and I'm really excited for more. Yeah. So am I. I'm like, okay, let's do another episode. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if I didn't have to teach tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's okay. And I have to take another one and I need to eat. And you know, I spent oh, all weekend yeah. drinking alcohol. So probably putting uh, some food in my body. Yeah. Some food, some water. It's, it's good. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Lindsay any final thoughts for you yeah. Lindsay you got any final thoughts I was trying to think of something horribly ghetto to say but nothing <laughs> <laughs> don't trust those new niggas over there <laughs> final thought play the rolling movie now <laughs> don't take this the wrong way but I need you to get the hell up out of here <laughs> We'd like to thank all of you for joining us for the first true episode of the season. We hope that you're back with us next week as we cover episode two, The Trial of Robert Kelly. We want to thank all of our social media followers that, that are getting on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Discord. You can find all of that information, including our podcast distributors, at www.theboondockspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at hosts at boondockspod.com or leave us a voicemail. That's right. I said voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE3-UNDO. Because, <laughs> of course. I like it. <laughs> uh, and I'd like to give a shout out real quick to our intro and outro music. Hashtag make a change by K-I-R-K. You can find K-I-R-K on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. Uh, Good Times by Audio Binger, and you can find them on freemusicarchive.org and YouTube. And if you're looking for us, you can find us on any podcast station, including Spotify eventually, though they're a little mad at us right now. So just keep, keep, we'll keep at them. So we'll see you soon. Bye, guys.